Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season two of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners, if you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. In today's episode, we're diving deep into a transformative journey with Victoria Eisenhower, a renowned self-love scientist and empowerment coach. Victoria has turned the trials of corporate burnout, boundary issues, and divorce into a powerful narrative of self-discovery and empowerment. With an extensive background in blending science, psychology, and sexuality, she guides her clients towards reclaiming their sexual confidence and discovering the art of pleasure and fulfillment. Today, Victoria shares her profound insights on cultivating self-love, enhancing sexual health, and the importance of embracing one's authentic sensual self. Join us as we explore how to break free from societal constraints and embark on a path to pleasure and unwavering confidence. Get ready to be inspired by Victoria's journey and learn how to transform your own life through the power of self-love and sexual empowerment. That is amazing. You do a lot. So <laughs> it's so nice to meet you, Victoria. Thank you so much for being on my show today. Uh, thank you, Gina, for that absolutely stunning, beautiful introduction. Like I need to take that with me and play it every time I connect with someone. I'm like, here, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, you do beautiful things. Of course you need a beautiful introduction. <laughs> now, um, I was just tell, telling you about like a little bit about my background and 
back then when I was drinking a lot, I really did not love myself, obviously. Then that's why I was drinking because I that's what I felt that brought me that confidence, that brought me that personality that felt like I can I can take on everything. But in reality, it just did the opposite. It drug me down and it just brought me to hell, literally hell. And I had many rock bottom points in my life. And I know a lot of people actually do hit rock bottoms. At, and I was going to ask you if you could actually share a moment when you realized you had a rock bottom moment and how it propelled you into the journey of self-discovery and personal transformation. Yes, I, I'd love to. And I really appreciate you expressing and sharing your story. Um, my, I think, because I've had a few rock bottoms, but the one that literally became the catalyst was... Um, I started to recognize up until a point that I was also um, going out um, just to, to kind of um, fill in this void that I was unwilling to sit in, you know, and that looked like going out, you know, when I say partying, it was more like dancing and drinking. And, um, and at this point I was married. I had, I had everything, the American dream. I had a career, I had a husband, the house, the dogs, and yet I was like literally seeking ways to numb my brain because deep down I felt so alone and disconnected. And I kept thinking that it was something like there was something wrong. I was doing something wrong because it was like, how could I ever think of something better than this when this is a very kind human? Um, and so one night I was taking a shower and it had gotten to the point where I was sitting there and I recognized, I was like, oh my gosh, I keep distracting myself. And I, um, my, my ex-husband was out with his friends and doing their own thing. And I was at home with the dogs. And I remember sitting there thinking and feeling so alone <laughs> and trying to, you know, think of like, oh, like, why is it that I feel like I can't, like, why do I have to distract myself? Mm. Right. And I played music. And at, at some point I step out of the shower and I just collapse. I sit on my floor and I just start sobbing. And I realize, um, you know, that the behaviors I was doing was not healthy and it was not fair to the relationship, you know, just going out and trying to like be out late, come home. And at one point, you know, I even, you know, found myself like wanting to be with other people. And I had the same discussion with my ex. I was like, hey, I'm I'm not sure, you know, I, I ended up telling, I was very honest with him. I was like, hey, I, you know, I don't like that I'm starting to feel this way towards other people because this is something missing with us. And I know it's at the moment I was like, it's me, I'm the problem. And um, in that moment when I was sitting on the floor, I literally was like, I, I know if I don't do something different, I'm going to be here again, because this was not the first time I found myself sobbing um, in my bathroom. And I remember sitting there for a moment and it was almost like a way of just, I'm not saying giving up, but in a moment, just allowing myself to feel the, the, the shame and the pain and the emotions and just fully sitting there and, and looking at this, um, what do you call it? Um, a crossroads. 
And I could feel myself looking to the left. And I was like, if I go to the left, I know I will be here again. I'm, I'm going to keep, you know, partying and drinking because I'm really like, I'm unhappy. I'm not, you know, this is not what I want, but if I stay here, I'll make everybody else happy and everybody wants this for me. And why not? Like, why should I change? And when I looked to my right, I could see and feel joy into what I would call now pleasure. I could see myself experiencing what something I was wanting for a long time. And that's freedom, you know, experiencing deep intimacy and success and having real health. And I sat there for a moment. I was like, at what cost to go right? And that looked like separating. It looked like leaving everything I thought I needed behind. And I was terrified because that means I was like, everyone's, what are they going to think of me? You know, um, I went right. <laughs> I, I made, I went to the right. Um, in that moment, my unconscious mind was like, you know, we've been waiting for you, you know, and up until this point, it was almost like my body was mourning the loss of this relationship. I just could not make that connection myself without fully sitting in, to be honest, like sitting in my own shit. Mm -hmm. And um, that was probably the biggest release I had ever experienced emotionally and on my nervous system. And, you know, the days and weeks to follow were, you know, having these really hard conversations with my ex and um, we, we ended up, you know, we separated and the moment I moved out and like, I walked, like I left everything there and we did our whole proceedings. Here's the crazy part about that. When I, when I made that decision on the floor, it was like, I could breathe for the first time. Like, even though this feels painful because I will be hurting someone who doesn't deserve to feel hurt, I could breathe. I could feel expansion. And that's how I knew that this was the right decision. And it just, it took me a long time to get to this point. And from that experience, I really valued the power of, you know, vulnerability of really tuning in into your worth and what you want and knowing the difference between, you know, kind of just going through the motions, you know, just doing everything um, based on validating and making other people happy versus actually like, what is it that you want and why not you? <laughs> and, you know, this was, it wasn't, it wasn't like one day I woke up and was like, I think I'm going to get a divorce. It was one of those moments where it would happen. Like the thought came in and I was like, no, 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 be quiet, be quiet. Like, don't do that. When in reality, it was actually, you know, one of the healthiest things we could do because we were both, you know, individuals who deserve, you know, our own, you know, intimacy, romance, to experience love, to be with someone who values not only their partner, but values themselves. And that's something that we were missing. We just, you know, over time became very separated. And I was already like knee deep in pleasure and understanding psychology. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so that is, that is my, 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 my rock bottom, which catalyzed to where I am right now. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I had some similarities to your story and I was thinking about too, because I'm also a divorced 
uh, but remarried now, but I had to get that divorce um, because it was just unhealthy, two unhealthy people together. I was an alcoholic. He was an enabler, like codependency. And uh, so we were like hurting each other <laughs> in a way. And sometimes you just know you either grow together or you grow apart. You know, you can't just stay in a relationship that, you know, you're like, hey, trying to make everybody else happy and safe. Well, what about you? I always say you come first. If you're not happy, <laughs> no one is going to be happy around you because you're not happy. That energy exchange, you know, the energy that we have, it it like spreads, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, another thing that I remember sitting with myself, I think it was one time where I was already separate from my ex-husband and I didn't know how to take it because I was heavily still drinking. And I remember when I went home after we had a, like a little coffee chat or whatever, and then we just, I get, I went home and I just knew it was like the end. I wish I was like you where I felt like more freedom. I felt like enclosed, like everything was falling apart. Really is because I was in that um, alcoholic state of mind where I wasn't even in the right state of mind. I think if I hadn't been drinking and then I come to realization like, hey, this is not going to work. I think it would have been more like you where I'm like freedom. And so I didn't discover that freedom until I got sober. And one thing that I discovered was how to love myself and start um, taking myself on dates. <laughs> <laughs> right we didn't take so I remember I went to a spa and it was just me I literally took uber from you know because I live in San Jose California so like in that area to San Francisco I went to a spa and I just enjoyed my time by myself I hung out in their like pool area by myself everything was by myself I went back home by myself like everything was wonderful so I love what you say about the concept of, about romancing oneself and I think that's completely totally intriguing now how did you begin this process and what were some of the first steps you went and took to cultivate a deeper relationship with yourself so I would say um when I when I moved out into my when I moved out of my house and then I got my new place, um, I, I was not perfect. My whole brain was scattered because, you know, my identity was not the same. Like, I'm not that same woman. I'm no, you know, your identity goes with the relationship. Right. And I remember at, like practicing and asking myself, you know, what is it that I wanted? Like, what do I want to work towards? Who do I want to be, you know, and what do I want to attract and manifest in my lifestyle? And again, like early on, I would call myself for a long time, even when I was married, a hopeless romantic. And I was like, wait a minute, what would it be like to be a hopeful romantic? And, you know, I'm, I, at the time I was not ready to date or see anyone. I, I really, I knew that it was important for me to spend time on my own to actually cultivate this new identity, this new relationship. And so I started um, working into a routine really like this, like even the smallest things, um, setting time aside for myself and actually like putting discipline, like adding it to the calendar, like going to the gym, meditating, going for walks. And then it got to the point where I started craving, you know, wanting to be around someone, you know, wanting to attract a partner. And yet I, I remember, like, I think I was complaining, <laughs> you know, how is, you know, when am I going to find the, you know, attract a partner or something like that? And then I realized that, you know, in these moments when we ask ourselves, like, why not me or woe is me? It's really interesting if you take a moment and think about 
this is not the hardest thing you've ever had to sit with. And I was like, wait a minute, if I can take myself through this, if I could take myself through that divorce process and stand up for myself and speak my truth, like that whole thing. And I'm sure you knew like relationships changed and that whole process. If I can do that, I can do anything. And so it, it really served as a, a confidence booster to be like, wait, I don't have to, like, I know now. And I, I knew back in that process that no one is coming to save me. I get to be the one who saves me here today in this moment. And what would that look like? And I was like, well, I'm going to take myself out. And if I wanted to go out on a date, what would that look like? And I was like, well, as a, a hopeful romantic, I want to go somewhere romantic. So I took myself out on a date at one of these really nice restaurants um, where my apartment, uh, my first apartment was. And I remember feeling so awkward. <laughs> I had no, like, I just, I remember feeling very weird and very uncomfortable because, you know, for so long, it was just waiting for someone to do that or take the initiative to take interest in me and just accepting the handout. And now I was like, I'm no longer going to accept just any handout. I'm going to accept and take what is valuable to me. So I need to start figuring out what that looks like by re like rekindling this relationship with who I am now. And so I, I would say the, the planning, the date nights and the self, like, I would say self-love rituals. Um, I started, I started studying a lot more about uh, pleasure, especially for women and how there's a gap in communicating that education. So I would start preaching about female masturbation and how, you know, how powerful that really is. You know, when you spend time with yourself and actually get to know what feels good in your body, it like reconnects your mental health with your sexual health. It boosts your confidence. It strengthens your communication because now you know like what feels really good. So you can say that to your partners or your lovers. And it also, you know, I get very nerdy about this, so bear with me. That's no, okay. <laughs> with, with these practices, you actually, there's a lot happening at a cellular level. So your, your hormones are shifting and balancing back in. So you feel less, less alone. You feel more at peace and at home with yourself. You know, you feel like at the end of your practice, whether or not you have an orgasm, it still feels very good to reconnect again and you no longer feel obligated to go chase just anybody you know because in that moment you're like that was like that was fantastic and you know you just you start developing such appreciation for who you are by implementing these things from the the, the date nights to the self-love practices to the morning and evening routines yeah. So sitting, sitting with yourself too, and then discovering like what pleases you, what kind of pleasure can you get from things, whether it's sexually or just being out in nature or food. <laughs> I know food always makes me happy, especially chocolate. <laughs> I love chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now with the whole confidence and self-love, you know, it's all, oh, those are like cru two crucial pieces for our well-being. Like, you know, I noticed, I know back in the day I hated myself and I didn't, of course I didn't love myself because I hated myself. And then building that confidence, I had to practice what a self-confident person would be. Like if the higher version of Gina, what, how, what would she be eating? What would she be doing? How would she be talking? Who would she be hanging out with? Like, what is her favorite activities? 
then that's when I'm like, okay, I would then stand up tall. I would smile often. I will go ahead and like meet whoever I want to meet, <laughs> you know, engage in the conversations that I want to engage and do the activities that I want to do. And then once I started taking those into practice, I just like, the confidence was just, it was just because I was practicing. <laughs> so I always think practicing is always definitely crucial in that. Um, but is there any other, like, any other things that have also helped you in your mental health and overall happiness? Um, <laughs> trying to think of um, what was very helpful in that, in those moments. Yeah. And I think it, it's learning to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm learning to you know I would say like there's we experience these different fluctuations of emotions you know um the shame the anger the sadness and um I'm not sure if you had experiences um but we do know that whenever we do experience some kind of negative emotion we try to like bring it down and cover it up with like this the sense of like nope I'm I'm going to like, just stuff that down. I'm going to pretend like, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. And I would go ahead and say, don't do that because by withholding these emotions, you're storing it somewhere in your body, which does physically manifest into another illness. So by allowing yourself to experience these emotions and just, you know, it takes 90 seconds for this to process. So if it's like feeling of shame comes up, it's like almost like welcome it, cry, you know, if you need to take the energy out in the gym or, you know, step outside, um, just letting the emotions process. And with your vulnerabilities, if you are looking for, you know, someone to express that with is, is another thing that helped me out. So I didn't speak to a lot of people during this process. I went down and like hiding and only, only few people knew what was really happening. Um, so it was like trying to navigate those relationships. Like, who can I, who do I feel safe to talk to about this? Because in, in my relationships and in my family, nobody's done this before. So it was very hard to find some kind of relatability. And I would say, I think, to be honest with you, like this whole process, my health was very terrible <laughs> before I made this choice. And that included my sleep and I remember, I'll never forget my first night in my, my first home. I slept so hard <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't sleep in my other house. And now I could, I just felt this sense of relief and safety. And, um, I would say, you know, sleep is very important. Scheduling the sleep, getting, making sure you're getting between those six to eight hours and learning what, what's really feeding into your growth and what's taking away. Yeah. because uh, you may have experienced this as well um when I recognized that like I was distracting myself with drinking I knew I was no longer a desire to be a part of that community or uh have those relationships where it's just constantly like parties and drinks and you know that's their version of living their best life and then I discovered that traveling and experiencing culture and eating cooking and enjoying foods those were more expansive for me. And in order for me to do that, I needed to let those go and recognizing like this was actually doing more harm for me than, than anything else. Yeah. I had to get rid of some friends too, because they were like my drinking buddies who go to the bars. And so we do gossip and drink, gossip and drink. 
<laughs> but what's 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 healthy about that? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, just putting garbage in our minds. You know, thinking all these different things. Well, she said this to me, and well, he said that to me. Caca uh, stuff, I say. <laughs> so yeah, we had to actually go and find like people that we want to align to, who people who we want to be like, um, people that will inspire us. People were like, okay, that's the woman that I want to become. Let me start hanging out with her <laughs> instead. And so that's why I think mentors and coaches are very important because we are the example. And then, you know, I mean, of course, we've had to go through the experiences that we've gone through to get to where we're at now. So we can, so our clients can relate <laughs> to, and we can relate to them. So it's like, we get it. We get, we get it. Especially with people pleasing too. I was a big people pleaser. Yes, ma'am. To everybody. Like, yes, yeah. I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And especially with even children, you know, it's like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> now I've learned to actually say no. <laughs> and I know many women actually struggle with this people pleasing. Um, when they don't get their own needs met and they don't get what they've desired done. You know? So what advice would you actually give to someone who's beginning this transition from people pleasing to start recognizing that their, their worth is more important? One of the first things I would recommend is learning what's, what are some core values for you in terms of your relationships? You know, what does that look like? And then if you find yourself, you know, it's, there's that part. So that part is first is like, identify what your core values are. Like, and these are things that are like, what is important for you? You know, what makes this important? And the second thing is listen to your body. Your body is so smart. It'll know when it's like, you have you, you know, and your listeners have probably done this when someone let's say, oh, let's go. Um, you get invited to a dinner, right? And it's from your work friends and you you already instinctively on the inside don't want to go because you don't want to go you know you're not interested in going you would much rather go home take a bath catch up on netflix or read your favorite book and instead of listening to that feeling you go against that and you say yes because you don't you have this fear of like rejection or losing this relationship and being alone etc so you go and you have a miserable time. You embarrass yourself. Like all these things happen all because we didn't listen to our body. So core values and tune into your body. Listen to what feels more expansive. That's going to be your yes. And if it feels constrictive and you, you're you having this hesitation, it's a no. There's no, you know, there's no, eh, well, you know, maybe, mm -mm. no. For every no you give, you open and create more space for something better. Yes, I totally agree with that. So I had to start practicing that that no and then I I recognized that everything else was like happening for me. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is great. So yeah, and then talking about reclaiming health and it is a broad concept that encompasses many aspects of well-being. Uh, how do you actually approach this in your work particularly in relationship or relation to like mental health and sexual health? So I practice a lot of uh, neuro-linguistic programming techniques and family models. So my, my coaching services are a blend of psychology and self-love. And so we do a lot of open-ended questions. We do some activities that require going more in depth than, than your average conversations. And it's, 
you know, it's a very, it's creating the safe space to be vulnerable and just providing little bits of education. I also assign, I assign homework such as like I've had clients and I'm like, Hey, today we're going to schedule your date night. We're going to talk about what you're going to wear, which, where you're going and putting it on the calendar. And, you know, it's really fun to see how in the beginning it's, they're very hesitant. You know, they like, I don't know, this feels weird. And the next, by the next session, there's already signs, they're experiencing signs of confidence because they put themselves in a, in a situation that required them to, you know, be uncomfortable. And that's where we start building the confidence. Yeah. The confidence building is big. And do you notice like, okay, do you notice your clients? Like, can you just share like a success story that your clients like, thank you so much, Victoria, you've changed my life <laughs> just through this practice or any, any story that you'd like to share? Yes, actually, one of my most, um, my most recent one, and I, when, as soon as you said it, I, I could see her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you're listening to this, I love you so much. And uh, so this client in particular, we were working together on recreating, rekindling her relationship with herself. She had also experienced a, a breakup. And it was, you know, it, it happened in a way that, you know, it was, un it was very painful, it hurt. And it left her feeling very, you know, insecure about herself. So we did a lot more work focused on uh, developing self-love. So that looked like, you know, identifying her values. And then we started assigning uh, date nights and pleasure practices. And we would talk about, you know, how her sexuality, you know, was kind of defined at a young age based on her experiences and, you know, her education, her relationship with her parents and one of our, my, my favorite parts about working with her is um, she went from, you know, experiencing these feelings to, I, I want to say it was in three to four weeks, she was on, um, she was able to put herself back out there confidently. You know, she had this routine down. She was going to the gym. She was getting her nails done. She took herself on a date. And then uh, several weeks later, she, you know, ended up on the dating apps and she had three dates in one weekend. And I swear to God, Gina, her smile when I got on the call with her, because she was so excited to share with me what she experienced, because, you know, first I'm excited because she put herself out, you know, put herself out there to attract her, her new partner and lover. And uh, the second part was when she went on these dates she was able to figure out by listening to herself and the power of her, like, no, thank you. Like when they would ask like, oh, I'd love to take you out again, even though they were nice, or even if she may have experienced something that wasn't good for her, her old self would have said yes, because of that fear of being alone. And instead she was able to, you know, navigate, like, actually, like, I appreciate your time. No, thank you. And it gave her a lot of confidence and she sent me an email about this and she's like, I'm still smiling like ear to ear and you've given me a lot of confidence. And that's probably one of my, my favorite ones. My, one of my so awesome. I love that. Yes. I love always success stories and people who are just transforming, you know, they, they, they start out just very like, they'll feel like they have self-worth. They're just like, 
you know, uh, I'm no good. I can't get through this, you know, but then, then they start seeing them change by your help, you know, and then they're just like blossoming into this beautiful butterfly. That's like, yes, <laughs> I feel great where you have a voice and you can say no, if you don't want to go out with that guy again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, that's awesome. Now, if our listeners here, I'm sure they're like, hey, you know, I want to hook up with Victoria because I want to learn how to please myself, whether it's solo sex, whether it's, you know, with another relationship, how can they go ahead and contact you? The best way to contact me is um, my website or landing page. It's theselflovescientist.com. And that'll show them all an outline of the program, my offering to work together. And then it has a little bit about me at the bottom. Um, it's not as extravagant as Gina's introduction. So, <laughs> um, and also besides the landing page, you can also email me at victoria.lotuslifestyle at gmail.com. And um, I am on social media. I have an Instagram TikTok, all the things. It's just that when it comes to the DMs, uh, my emails and, and my program page come first. So I would recommend checking those out. And you can always go to the social medias for like, that's where all my, my educational posts are and my reels. If you want a good laugh or if you want to feel more connected, you know, I do a lot of vulnerable sharing and um, yeah, the best way to contact me at this time is those the landing page and the email. That's so awesome. Well, is there any last thoughts or anything else you'd like to share? Oh my goodness. Mm. Or like, for example, like uh, for women who are actually curious about exploring their sensuality and boosting their inner confidence and don't know where to start, like what are like some initial steps they can go ahead and take or at least exercise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. So when it comes to... um wanting to explore your sexuality further. Like if you feel limited in expressing yourself and like, this is really, um, I am speaking to everyone. Like my, most of my clients are women and I also do work with males. And if you're really feeling like, um, like you have a, a glass ceiling on wanting to express yourself and feel really sexy in your body. The first thing I would recommend is um, something I call mirror talk. And it's where you stand in front of a mirror and you look at your body from head all the way down to your toes and just kind of notice like where you, you draw the most attention in a loving way and where you draw the attention in a loathing way. And, you know, just kind of write down like what feelings come up and what it is about that's, you know, triggering and people are more often surprised that, you know, when they compare the list, like maybe there's a lot longer list on the loathing side, because at the end of the day, and it goes back to when we were talking about, you know, pleasure practices. If you don't feel confident in your body, you're not going to feel confident in the bedroom because you're going to be up in your head the whole time thinking like, am I doing this right? You know, I, I wish I didn't have this way. Like why, why do parts of my body look different? It's this, um, monkey brain like monkey mindset that you know it's it's not really you you know these are just old programs that are running in the background and you deserve to feel very sexy and when when you are getting to a point where you can turn yourself on your whole universe is going to tune in and everything is going to flow in just right oh I love that thanks for sharing that it reminds me too 
<laughs> and I do sometimes look and I'm like, oh, I don't really like that. But then I look really close up like, you know what, at least there may be a little bit of cellulite there, but at least I have a nice butt. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's doing those little things. If something you don't like there, but you're like, at least I have a butt. <laughs> you know, so there, there are days where, you know, we experience like low levels of energy and that's, that's totally okay. It's, yeah. it's just that there's a majority of like women are experiencing low levels of desire and pleasure because you know, one, they've lost connection with self and they're just kind of operating at this, um, what, what did I call it? It's kind of like a autopilot, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, if you really think about like the, what you're experiencing in your relationships, you know, do you feel fulfilled? Are you allowing yourself to really let yourself go? You know, do you feel safe to express your truth? Do you feel safe to experience real orgasm? You know, and that's something that actually surprises a lot of women. Like for me, when I finally realized when I gave myself my first orgasm, I was mind blown. <laughs> I was like, why are we not talking about this? Because it changes the game. It changes how you experience intimacy and pleasure, um, whether you're, you know, solo or with partners. And it's, it's part of like my purpose is to cultivate and take something that seems very taboo and make it more of a normal topic. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, any anything else that you'd like to share? I could, I could, I got stories, love. I could share so much. So to be honest with you, I think, um, I think at the end of the day, the most important relationship you can really have is the one with yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, people do pick up on like on a woman who's confident and you're going to intimidate people. You're going to scare people, but you're also going to attract the right people. Yes, absolutely. You'd be surprised. You'd be like, oh, I didn't know this person would even talk to me. <laughs> well, hello, you're <laughs> reflecting exactly what you're emulating. So yeah, it's going to come back. <laughs> That's awesome. That is what I have to share. And I really appreciate you and your, your listeners tuning in and listening to the stories. Oh, they're going to love it. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, Victoria. It's been a pleasure having you on. And I just cannot wait to see any what other initiatives you have in the future. Thank you, Gina. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. 
With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.